This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Jennifer Lozado, who is the president of Summit Financial Partners, an author helping individuals handle financial responsibilities inherited in a family member's passing or incapacitation. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So how did you get into the role you're currently in, kind of your journey to you know where you're at now and how you're helping people? So my, my main career is being an investment advisor and a financial planner, but over the last three and a half years, I've had significant loss in my family life. My husband died of leukemia about three and a half years ago. I'm sorry. And thank you. And then my sister died suddenly um, about a year and a half ago. And in the wake of that, I became her executor while simultaneously becoming her husband's power of attorney because he had some memory issues that required um, him to move into an assisted living place. And so I suddenly inherited her entire household from a responsibility perspective. And I learned a lot through that one. Um, With my own, with my husband, I already had a pretty good handle on the finances. I learned a few things there too, which were, um, which were helpful, but the big lessons were with my sister's estate. So in terms of the uh, kind of financial focus, have you always done that? Is that something you went to school for? And how did you kind of navigate to that kind of career path? Um, actually, my undergrad degree is in psychology, but when I worked during the summers in college, I ended up working for an investment advisory house, and they hired me out of school, and I followed that path as a as a bond trader, and then as a became a money manager, and um, I worked for a bank and a trust department, and eventually my job was eliminated through a merger, which is pretty common within the banking industry, unfortunately, and I then went out on my own and I was really just doing the classic fee-only investment advisory, doing financial planning for people. And then as time passed, and not only with my own experience, but with my clients, they would they would often face life-altering events, either someone with a severe illness or the passing of a spouse. And so it just became part of the, my overall um, um, professional function. Now, I, I also experienced a loss about two months ago. My grandfather passed, so I understand kind of like the sudden financial burden that, you know, one has to, you know, overcome. So how does one kind of plan? And if they aren't planning and it happens, what are some of the steps that they can take to kind of, you know, uh, tighten up any loose ends or, you know, figure out how to, you know, pay for all these costs? Yeah, I mean, the, the best thing you can do for someone is to at least be somewhat organized at all times. And and for some people, organization is a much bigger, scarier word than others. And if you're not someone who wants to put a notebook together and keep copies of bills and wills, at least put it, everything in one place so people can find it. Um, what I found with my sister, because I didn't have any knowledge of her financial life at all, 
is I had to start monitoring her mail and I digging I had to clean out their house and sell it was part of it and so finding I had to keep looking for clues and um, and so really if you've got nothing else to start with you pretty much need to start with the mail and all the piles of papers that you will inevitably find in someone's house and and just keep at it I mean it it had took me I'm just now finished her estate and it's been about a year and so it takes time and patience and sort of a detective-like thought process and following trails and clues. No, yeah, I agree. So if you are trying to plan for a family member, you know, God forbid someone is ill or some kind of, you know, life-threatening disease, what are some of the steps that somebody isn't, you know, necessarily in the industry, how to start planning, you know, in the state or getting kind of those things together, what somebody may need? Yeah, um, a lot of that is, um, Sadly, the first step is to make sure you have really good estate planning documents. And I'm not an estate planning attorney or an attorney of any kind, but the, the very best and first thing to do is make sure that you've legally documented what you want to happen, not only just for death, but if you're incapacitated, even if it's temporary, someone is gonna need to step into your shoes and, and write checks and take care of your business. And so, that's the very first and most important thing you can do is is go to a good estate planning attorney and it doesn't have to be you know a big firm with 300 attorneys you can find great estate planning attorneys that have small practices and get all of your wishes lined up and i would say especially if you have children who are not adults yet that you make sure you've um, established who you want to take care of them very very important no, I agree. And I think uh, if you have a loss or like I said, somebody that's in a life threatening illness, you have that kind of emotional um, baggage, if you will, at the time. So you may not be thinking as clearly. So I think having a professional that's handling things for you is very important. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's this whole the emotion is tough and it can be frustrating because you have your own life that you're trying to deal with as well. And um, sometimes you know, sometimes you just want to pull your hair out. And, you know, my own situation, I work full time. I own my own company. I have a, I have a 12 year old daughter. And um, so I'm a single parent running a household and taking care of other people's estates. And there were days that, um, that it was harder than others for sure. And so the more that can inherit, so to speak, an, an organized situation, the more you can really help somebody more easily anyway. No, I agree. So let's talk a little bit about your book, Inheriting Chaos with Compassion. Can you, you know, get into the book a little bit and, you know, a description about it? Yes, I talk about the lessons learned um, after my husband's death and my sister's death and just how important it is. And there's so many things you don't think about um, until you really are in the situation and to help people bring those things top of mind. So, for example, in my sister's house, there were probably 50 keys laying around and we couldn't figure out what was, you know, we were literally, I was trying locks at a time and there were still things I couldn't find keys to. And you know, so it's so simple, right? Just have a copy of the key and it can be in a plastic baggie somewhere. But there, and I, and to help people think through how they can make it easier for those that they love and might be taken care of and also just um, how to wade through the mess after you've inherited it, um, especially if you don't know anything. And I also talk about some of my client stories, uh, unidentified of course, but and friends who have gone through various situations. And so what I hope it does for people 
is act as a guide and a thinking, a place to begin thinking about what they might could handle a little bit differently or better in their own lives. You know, I've had people who have have suddenly talked to their spouse about money that really they were never interested. But they read a story about a friend of mine whose mother was not involved in the finances, and when her husband died, she inherited debt that it took her decades to get out from under. And so to be at least somewhat knowledgeable about your situation, no matter how wonderful and trustworthy your spouse might be, you're better off to at least understand the big picture. No, I agree. And some of the things that I'm actually curious about, so with estate planning or things when uh, family members pass or things of that nature, if somebody doesn't have an estate plan and they have assets, let's say a home, bank accounts, how is that handled in terms of the law? So you've got to you've got to get courts involved. And where I live in Virginia, the the state can even determine who is your um, will serve as your child's guardian because there's no guidance at all. And so you end up in the court system to help determine who should get what and who should do what and who should be your executor. And it takes more time, takes more money, takes a lot more chaos. And so most people probably really don't want the state deciding what happens to um, to their assets and their loved ones. And so it, it, that's why I say that's the very first thing you should do even before you even deal with the financial stuff is to at least make sure your wishes are laid out legally. No, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't want you know, someone in terms of my child or any, you know, loved one to be stuck in limbo like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it just makes it harder if you don't have it late, you know, figured out ahead of time. Yeah. And uh, leaving it till the last minute adds additional stress, like with everything else. Yes. And there are times you might not know it's the last minute, right? <laughs> and so like for an example, my sister, we had no, she wasn't sick that we knew of. And she just, I think she had a heart attack. We don't even know. And they didn't do an autopsy. I don't, I always had to have one, but they didn't. And so, I mean, she was 55, young. And um, so you don't always know when that time is going to be. And so as painful and as unpleasant it is to think about, it is definitely worth the effort to get those plans in place. No, I agree. And coming from kind of a different angle, uh, when I lost my grandfather about two months ago, that was kind of the closest relative that had passed. So yeah. it was like a big shock in terms of emotion and going through kind of the, the motions of grief and, you know, uh, loss and whatever you could have done to maybe prevent it. What are some of the things, obviously, it's probably still hard for you, you know, losing close family members, but what are some of the things that have uh, helped you through that experience? Well, I am very fortunate in that I have a very um, rich set of friends and a very rich life. And um, just being able to continue in relationships and that are supportive and positive have been amazing. And it helps you to build a new normal afterwards, but with still with the people you love that are still there. Um, it's really... I can't imagine going through transitions like that without a nice support group around you. And to me, it's a good lesson. You know, we're all so busy and it's sometimes it's difficult to maintain relationships with people we love and care about because our time is so tight. And we're like, well, I probably should be doing laundry instead of going, you know, out to dinner with somebody. But 
those investments are priceless and I would encourage people not to get too caught up in their busyness that they don't maintain and feed those relationships that are important to them. No, I agree. And having, like you said, a, a strong support system or a strong tribe around you, it really gets you through, you know, anything in life from a loss to, you know, something in terms of your career or anything you may be going through. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's amazing. I was, it, it's after my husband died, um, I had lots of friends bring meals and do so much for me. And it was a double-edged sword because I was we were in the middle of renovating a house and moving and all sorts of things when he died. So it was extra chaos. And part of me was like, I just need to be left alone for a little while to think, you know, but the other part of me was, I, I so touched that people cared enough to do that in their busy lives. And, um, it's a wonderful thing to have people who will, um, to do that sort of thing for you. No, I agree. And I think like the little things in those moments mean uh, a lot more. So people that I haven't seen, long friends that may be, you know, living far away, or we don't necessarily, you know, spend time together on a regular basis. And they showed up to my grandfather's funeral, it really kind of meant a lot or went the extra way to make a call or, you know, make, make themselves like emotionally available. It really meant a lot in that situation. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it really is touching that people care that much. No, I mean, the the emotional toll on that is, is, is crazy and we all have our own lives, but when something uh, happens like that, it's uh, important to kind of, you know, let a shoulder, leave a shoulder to cry on. And even uh, as perspective from that, I saw that, you know, I may be, you know, more likely to go to somebody that's an acquaintance's funeral or give them a call knowing how my experience uh, really meant to me in terms of people reaching out to me. Yeah, it really strengthens your community and makes you realize that you're important to people and people are important to you. And yeah, it's very sweet what people will do. I think that's really awesome that people came and supported you that way. So what's kind of one thing you can leave with the audience in terms of uh, recommendations or advice, professional, personal, or both? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, professionally, I would say um, start to get your your financial life in order and your estate planning in order and try not to let it overwhelm you. Even I, especially, and I'm an organizational kind of person, I don't really like doing that stuff either because it's like, you know, really, do I need to put a, a copy of my electric bill in a notebook? But you do because you need somebody will need an account number at some point and it, it means something. So I would say just do one thing at a time. Don't say don't have this idea in your head. It all has to be perfectly organized by next weekend. But as you run across things, slowly build up that bit of information in, in a notebook or a box or somewhere where somebody can find it to get that going. And so even if you have half the information there, it is better than none by far. And um, personally, I, I guess I've reflected a lot about this in the recent years is that I spent a lot of my early career days thinking some success was for other people. And I, you know, don't, don't think that. Be brave and, and move forward and, and try because failing is not true failure. It's just a lesson in what to do next. So then it's really a fun and scary ride when you take risks, but it's 
it pays off. It's worth it. No, I agree. And I think um, there's no kind of courage without fear. Uh, I've heard yeah. that a lot. So you can't really be the best if you don't, you know, go through some kind of storm. Like if you're a, a sailor or whatever, you're not a, a good sailor. If you're always in calm waters, you have to go through a storm to really, you know, make you who you are. Yeah, that's a great analogy. I love it. It's great. Yeah. yeah, and all that, I mean, in retrospect, throughout your, you know, your life, you're going to have all these tough times, but it does, you learn from them, they, they strengthen you and you become a better person from them. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And usually, often when you take the risk, you don't even fail, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think uh, some of those are lessons most of us learn later in life, but I would, I think that the younger you can learn them, the better. No, that's true. And then the whole organizational component of that. So my, my wife basically pays all the bills right now. We kind of handled both, but she's kind of the bill payer. So mm-hmm. I that's actually a good point. I have to technically know where all these things are because all these moving parts, mm-hmm. uh, car bills, you know, house, everything like that. I may not necessarily know when things go out or how much. So I think I really have to get on top of that. Yeah. I mean, even if she was out of town or sick for one month you would need to know that really it doesn't even have to be life-altering kind of event for for that to be useful for you to know um and so yeah there's lots of intermediate things that can happen that it's helpful to understand where all the pieces are in your financial life for sure no i agree so i really appreciate you coming on today can you let the audience know how they can find you or some of the things you may have going on Yes, um, my, my book was just released about six weeks ago. Um, my website is Summit Financial Partners RVA, which stands for Richmond, Virginia, um, dot com. And uh, my email is Jennifer at SummitRVA.com. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Thank you. I really enjoyed our chat. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.